Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. He is back in the unfortunate position of being in Pennsylvania. I am in the wonderful state of South Dakota and soon we will both be in the meh state of Knoxville, Tennessee. Just Tennessee. Knoxville is the place in Tennessee. That's coming up on Wednesday. We are very excited. Uh, Wednesday night. Thursday night. Thursday We're night. Going to get there Wednesday. It's the pre-show. Yeah. And then really the, the actual thing happens Friday. It's going to be so cool. Can't wait. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. We are going to be interviewing some amazing yes. people. At least we hope so. We don't exactly know how that's going to turn out. Yeah. But yeah. We're definitely... The first time we can, we're gonna just grab Doug Wilson and <laughs> sit him at our table, and uh, we need so, to talk. <laughs> we need to talk. <laughs> yes. Well, that will be very, very exciting. Um, check out our show website, which is trdshow.net. You can find us on all sorts of platforms, and you should probably start looking for your favorite pro First Amendment platform that is not YouTube, because they hate free speech, and they have shut down our channel, essentially. We are not allowed to upload videos until December. We have a strike against our channel. They removed two of our videos to more of our videos. That makes three the official count of video removals from YouTube. So, you know, that's great. Don't follow us on communist platforms like YouTube. Follow us on places that like free speech and are pro-First Amendment, like Rumble, Gab TV, and Odyssey. Also, follow us on Getter. Follow us on Gab. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on all these places. Like our page. Follow us, please. It really helps boost our numbers. Really, really, really. Um, and if you're like, goodness, that's a lot of links. How do I find these people? Go to our show website. That's why we have it, trdshow.net. And we've got a list of links to all the many platforms that we're on there. Man, that's like the OG uh, phrase I used to use back in the day, like a year ago, to describe our website. It's a list of links to all the many platforms we're on. It's funny. Mm. Just haven't said mm. that in a while. <laughs> you know, when Because there's so much more on our website now. There is. There is. You know, when you're in this business, you like have a list of phrases you just store in here that you just pull out. So... That was one I kind of put in the archives. So that was, takes you back, <laughs> takes you back. Also, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think about our content and what we've been discussing and what we are going to be discussing. You know, if you can somehow read into the future, tell us about it. We'd love to know. Um, many other people would, I'm sure. Also, check out our <laughs> newsletter. <laughs> Our newsletter by going to trdshow.net slash newsletter. Also, sign up for our referral program. Get free stuff like this cool-looking mug, but not this one because it's mine. Free stickers, free t-shirts, all sorts of cool stuff. trdshow.net slash newsletter. No, trdshow.net slash refer. Remember those uh, um, phrases I was just talking about? Yeah. 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 <laughs> they come out in the wrong order sometimes. <laughs> Anywho, there's that. Remember, bear with me. I had COVID, I think, last week, and I'm still residually tired, so that's a thing. Uh, be warned. Ivermectin helps, but it doesn't completely alleviate literally everything. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be back to normal by the conference. Um, today is Literature Wednesday, 
This month, we are starting a brand new book. You can see it on our shelves here. It is Christian Nationalism by Andrew Torba. There's Jake's right there. Super cool. It's got a kind of cool looking cover. This is like the old cover. He changed it like a week or two ago. So if you look on Amazon or you follow the link on our Gab page now, the link is going to look, uh, the book cover is going to look a little differently. I like the old one. I don't know. I think the white with the flag and the, I think it's cool. What else? They all look neat. Get your copy of the book today. Um, the title a, is a little bit more pronounced on this old one. Yeah, it is. It, it is, is on the new one. That's true. That is true. Um, anywho, today we went through, uh, this week we went through the part two, part one and part two of the introduction. Uh, what is a Christian and what is Christian nationalism? So kind of breaking some of those things down. We have a lot to talk about. Ties into our conversation from Monday really well. But before we get into all that, we have to talk about the verse or verses of the week. And I'm going to pass it over to Jake to do just that. Alrighty. And our verse this week is Galatians 6, 6 through 8. And Bruce gives a, I want to say better description of this, but as he was trying to say on uh, Monday that we're both equal. Yes, we're equal. Exactly. Okay. But, exactly. um, but again, our verse this week is Galatians 6, 6 through 8. And check out our Monday episode for Bruce's rundown of this. But this passage says, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For who, for whatever one sows, that he will also weep. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. And again, that is Galatians 6, 6 through 8. And again, like I said, I think Bruce has a better... Uh, breakdown of this, but the breakdown I kind of want to go into is from a different perspective than Bruce. Um, not to say that Bruce is, it was wrong, but just Ouch. to say that Bruce is going from the perspective of the one who is taught, which is the most widely, you know, uh, the more, more people are the people who are taught than they are the teachers. There's probably one out of 10 ratio of students versus teachers. I don't know. I don't know the exact ratio, but just to say there is more students than there are teachers. But I kind of want to go the route of talking about the perspective of the teacher, because I think the role of the teacher is even more important. And what is described in this verse, and these two sentences, the first sentence being, let the one who is taught the word show all good things with the one who teaches. And it almost seems of it as if this first sentence is not in fitting with the rest of the context of this verse. Like, mm. why does it go from talking about the student giving stuff to the master and then go over, then go to do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, he will also reap. So why are we going from talking about this to talking about personal sanctification? Well, it... We hear a lot of this side of personal sanctification, and while it's important, this verse, I think, from the t context of it, is talking more about the teacher should be sowing into his students something uh, good, good things, if I want to put, put it in colloquial <laughs> terms. But 
should be instilling uh, good teaching, should be instilling better things, should be making sure that his teaching is the best that his students can receive. And, and really, when he does that, he should see that what he sows, he will also reap. When he instills good things into his students, he will receive more from his students in, in especially in this sense, monetary functions uh, like food and money. Uh, mm. Yeah. So that is my kind of perspective on this verse. So. Yeah. Good. That's a really good thought. One thing we were discussing earlier was, you know, is this then to be a selfish uh, reciprocal, hey, you scratch my back, I scratch yours sort of scenario. Mm. Um, and you were mentioning you wanted to touch on that a little bit, but is it really, you know, the motivation behind this teacher is not, oh, hey, I'm going to do this thing, so you better you better be good to me too, right? Yeah. No, and, and you know, we take this into account with the rest of Scripture in that God gives certain commands saying, you follow my commandments, and you shall receive eternal life. But yeah. the but the emphasis is not on what you shall receive. You shouldn't be your motivation shouldn't be you do this because then you'll receive this good thing. Yes. We find that throughout scripture that that's not the right mindset. That's not the right yeah. ideal. That's not what should we should be striving for. Well, the, the fifth should, commandment we talked about a couple of weeks back, you know, the first commandment with a promise that your days will be long. Yeah in the land that the Lord right. your God has given you, it's like, oh, do we just obey our parents so that we'll live long lives, right? Right. No, and it's it's that, you know, we do it because God said to do it, yeah. right? God gave us this command because we love God and we want to follow God. Mm. We don't just do it for the benefit afterwards. Yes. And we we have the same idea with sin. We don't We don't just hate sin because it because there will be a punishment afterwards yes. if we do commit sin we hate sin because god tells us sin is wrong yeah as c.s lewis put it it's cosmic disobedience cosmic uh what did he shoot what was the word cosmic revolution against god mm. is what sin is mm. yeah yeah well and great segue i mean this is a great opportunity to segue thanks by the way jake for laying all that down that was really good um segue segues us beautifully into our discussion of christian nationalism which we'll be defining a little bit later but the our motivations behind working for christian nationalism can't just be because we'll have a profitable society we right. can't just work for these things because we don't like the way it is now and we just want to get back to the way things used to be which the way things used to be got us to where we are now so maybe you might want to rethink that um but the most the reason we're we're christian nationalists or as uh, the flf cross politic team says christian intergalactists right uh the whole world is to be disciples for Christ, the reason we're doing that is because of, um, well, actually, what's written on our Go Therefore special edition t-shirts, which says, Go Therefore and Make Disciples of All Nations. And where is that command coming from? That 
a very ambitious command to make disciples of all nations. I mean, who has the authority to tell us to go and Christianize the whole world? Christ himself has all authority in heaven and on earth. And as king of this entire thing, we call earth. Christ has told us, go and disciple all of it. Go make all of it. Take it all from me. Christianize all of it. Bring everything into submission to Jesus Christ. And that is why we do what we do. Because the king of heaven and earth has told us to do it. So, that is why we're talking about Christian nationalism today. And hopefully that frames it properly. It's not because we want authority. And honestly, in a truly Christian nation that is run according to the word of God, pretty much everybody involved has less authority. <laughs> the civil government certainly has less authority. The church has less authority. Well, not that it does now, but not over a massive country. When we talk about Christian nationalism, the last thing we want is for the church to be running everything. What we do mm. want is for Christ to be running everything. This is not church nationalism. Exactly. Yeah, ecclesiocracy, where the the called out ones, the church is running the world. That is not at all what we're advocating for. So, let's start out um, with foreign relations, which is actually a really interesting place to start. But, hey, it's where Andrew Torba, in his book, Christian Nationalism, which is what we're reading this month, it's where he begins in what is Christian nationalism and what is a Christian so, foreign relations. On page 19, Andrew Torba placed a great importance on maintaining proper foreign relations. From his perspective, and I tend to agree with him, just like I expressed on Monday, Jacob, I believe, believes the same way. Um, Andrew Torba believes that we should place greater importance on what's going on closer to home here in America than we're, rather than worrying about all the other countries around us, like the 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 premise here, the the principle is, don't be the world police. We're not the global police officers, right? Trying to go out there and keep the peace and blah 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 blah. That's not our job. Um, would you agree with that, Jake? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, I give you a chance to say say it yourself though. So, <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. He plays this idea right at the heart of how he begins to define the term Christian nationalism. And you can look this up yourself, and I would encourage you to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Still a bit congested. Remember, I was very sick last week. <laughs> That's my excuse for all the um, not-so-great audio quality coming from this guy right here. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... That's foreign relations. He, he briefly touched on it. I know we're going to touch on it a lot more, but his whole gist there was, hey, we need to stop looking out at the other countries and worrying about them. Let's get ourselves under control first. It's kind of like in your own pers personal sanctification. You, the last thing you do when you start as a new Christian is look around you and you're like, oh man, they're sinning. I should go talk to them. What does the Bible say? Take the log out of your own eye first, right? Get yourself situated first. And then when we talk specifically about the civil government, the civil government should never be the global police. The civil government should not be 
the one going and taking the speck out of their brother's eye, out of the another civil government's eye, right? Let the other civil government handle itself. So let's move into, I don't really have a segue because some of these are thoughts that I've pulled from the book um, that I thought were really good to share. So let's move on to my next random thought. Why don't we? Preserving and conserving. So we call ourselves conservatives, conservative Christians, right? And generally, that means that we're conserving something. There's something that we're conserving. There's also something we're preserving. Um, and part of that is biblical. We are told to be salt and light. Uh, Matthew 5.13, as you can see on my banner here, is our show's verse. And it says, you are the salt of the world. If the salt has lost its taste, it's good for nothing except to be tread underfoot. What did salt do? It preserved. It kept things from rotting, from falling apart, from smelling disgusting and being unusable. So we are supposed to preserve our culture and keep it from turning into a chunk of rotting meat, <laughs> basically. But we need to preserve it the right way and we need to preserve the right things. One thing that fascinated me was how Torba kept coming back to the idea of preserving America or conserving her values. This is probably, probably the one thing the one thing I would disagree with him on, I, I agreed with him on a lot of things, and I think he's doing phenomenal work. And of course, I bought the book. Everybody I know has bought the book. You should buy the book too. Generally, it's a great book. I want to support Andrew Torba, what he's doing on Gab. That's why Gab and Gab TV are our primary platforms. But of course, you're not going to agree with everybody. So this is my one area of disagreement with, with Mr. Torba. Um, I would argue that it's not America's values that need preserving. It's God's values that need preserving. And and as a, gets into as this, a, like so. a, a defender, a defender for yeah. Andrew Torba's argument real quick here. Um, I would say that I think it's, a, he's bringing this up along the lines of, because for the longest time, America's values were God's values. Yes. For, they, for, they a, for a good chunk of the beginning of the founding of our country. Yeah. I think that's what the focus was on. But I do think the reason it kind of fell apart is because we lost the sight of what that Where meant. they came from. When we, when we said America's values, it used to have the meaning of it's God's values. It's mm -hmm. the same way as if um, the, the phrase, don't forget the Holocaust, mm. right? We've forgotten the Holocaust. We have, yeah. even though we know the historical event, yeah. we forgot the events leading up to it, what caused it. And while in, in that phrase has lost its meaning, and, it, and I would say the same in this effect, that the phrase preserving America's values yeah. has lost its meaning. Well, and, yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. And I'll, I, I'll expound on that a little bit more because he, he does do a good job of kind of expounding on this a little bit. Um, I, and I understand that Andrew Torba understands the importance of a nation based on the word of God. Because, I mean, after all, that's, that's the core of Christian nationalism, right. right? That's what Christian nationalism is, is a nation based on the word of God. But, but placing the preservation at the heart of his definition might not have been something I would have done. I might not have said preserving America's values is 
the core definition of Christian nationalism. <laughs> that might not have been my primary go-to. Anyways, uh, America's value, I, I do understand where you're coming from. America's values, I, I do believe America's values do need to be preserved insofar as they align with scripture and allow us to build the kingdom of God. But like Calvinism, we just talked about this a few weeks back, like Calvinism, they shouldn't be identified as American values. We don't worship Calvin, we worship Christ, but we're going to be, you know, anyone who doesn't like the way that we, if we're properly worshiping Christ and properly defining the gospel, we're going to be called Calvinists, right? But, but we shouldn't revel in that. We shouldn't be like, oh, great, we, they called us a Calvinist. We should be like, they're associating the truth of God's word as if they were created by someone named John Calvin, which they weren't. It's the same thing here. These American values should be identified for what they are. They're God's values. They're Christian values. And I believe we need to return back to that. Just like we need to stop being like, I'm a Calvinist. I'm a post-mill guy. I'm a theonomist. I'm a blah, 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 all the way down the list. We need to instead say, I believe and hold to a biblical view of end times. And people ask, what do you mean by that? And I'll pull up, you know, open the book of uh, Genesis, start from the beginning and go from there. <laughs> you know? The whole Bible talks about a positive view of the future. Let's start in Genesis and go from there. Anyways, <clears throat> I did appreciate on page 21 how Andrew Torba said, let's make one thing very clear. This, this is quote, by the way, let's make one thing very clear. Christian nationalism is not idolatry. We do not idolize or worship our nation, end quote. That was really good. He made that point very clear. Um, he also went on to discuss how America is not the promised land and how Christianity doesn't have a geographical center. And that, that was great. That was fantastic. Wasn't, wasn't that page 22? Yeah, 22. What did I say? 21. Yeah, okay, that was 22. Thanks, Jake, for catching that. Yeah, it, you know, Christianity doesn't have a geographical center. That's mm. not the point. The whole world is the geographical center, right? It's not Jerusalem anymore. Christ's death and resurrection exploded that notion. And now it's what it was always meant to be, which is the entire world belongs to Christ. And all nations should repent and turn back to him. Yeah. So um, let's discuss Andrew Torba's definition of a Christian. I thought it was really good. At page 17, uh, Andrew Torba said, a Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ who seeks to take dominion in all areas of life by obeying his commandment in the Great Commission to disciple all nations. And then he quotes Matthew 5, 13 through 16. How about that? He is the salt and light for his family, nation, and culture. That is a great definition of a Christian. Um, I thought that was really, really clear. A Christian is a disciple of Jesus Christ who seek, seeks to take dominion in all areas of life by obeying his commandment in the Great Commission to disciple all nations. A little further on page 17, uh, Andrew Torba said, Each Christian has his or her role in discipling families, communities, and nations according to the gifts and unique attributes God imbued in them and reveals to us in his word. So we all have a role to play. We've all been given gifts and abilities. We talked about this when we went through Ralph Matson's book, How to Find a Job You Can Love. We need to use the gifts and abilities we've been given 
for the glory of God and for his kingdom. That's when we'll truly be fulfilled. You know, all these people today talking about seeking fulfillment. They won't find that fulfillment unless they use their unique gifts and abilities for the glory of God. Page 18, Andrew Torba said, A Christian is a wise master builder, a pilgrim in a new land raising up infrastructure to span seven generations on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter, or I'm sorry, verse 10. So, that's his definition of a Christian. And I'm going to keep on moving because we have a lot to get through. I want to get through what is Christian nationalism. And then lastly, politics is not the answer. We have six minutes to do that. So I'll just keep on rolling. <laughs> All right. Pages 22 through 23. I keep wanting to say Doug Wilson because we just got done with Doug Wilson's book. <laughs> Andrew Torba said, Christian nationalism is the revealed truth of God's word lived out in action through the discipling of the nations, all nations, end quote. Really good stuff here. He's got so many cool quotable things. We're going to have to make an Andrew Torba t-shirt sometime. That'd be neat. Mm. Um, mm. We have a Raymond I think that Simmons. quote. I think that quote right there is the, is the best thing to put on a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Christian nationalism is the revealed truth of God's word lived out in action through the discipling of the nations, all nations. Yeah, yeah. Right there on a t-shirt. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, by the way, this book is brand new. I think it came out a little less than a month ago. Pre-orders were available like two months ago. I pre-ordered it like right away. Um, on the back, it actually has uh, Doug Wilson wrote, uh, quote for it and recommended it, which is, which is really cool. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty well connected to some really good other artists or authors. Um, page 19, really short quote. I Andrew Torba said, Christian nationalism is loving your neighbor. A little further down on the page, he said, while we recognize that Christ's kingdom is not of this world, we also realize the fact remains that he has all authority on heaven. I'm sorry, on earth as well, and has commanded us to disciple all nations. He has all authority, end quote. So what does our king, with all authority, command us to do? Make disciples of all nations. And we've talked before, Gary DeMar does a great job talking about what is meant by my kingdom is not of this world, and really it should be translated, my kingdom does not come out of this world. It doesn't originate from this world but it certainly envelops this world and it's certainly a part of this physical world in a very real and physical way. Uh, on page 21, Andrew Torba went on to say, the tide is starting to turn. A new generation of leaders are openly embracing the terms nationalist and even Christian nationalist. Take Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who recently said, I'm being attacked by the godless left because I'm a proud Christian nationalist, end quote. So, that was fascinating. I haven't really been following her political career very closely. I don't know about you, Jake, but I'm not sure no. what her exact Christ what makes her a Christian nationalist. I haven't heard I certainly haven't heard her say anything along the lines of civil government is the justice division of society. So uh I don't know. I don't know. Can't say one way or the other. I mean this this right here opens up what I've been thinking of and uh, a point that I kind of want to bring up unless unless you really want to quickly go through That's fine. Your, we have three minutes so go for it um that I, I find it interesting and this is a little bit of a uh a Bonsonism in Ooh. that 
you know, you you have this understanding, right? They they know the truth, yet they suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So when they say they don't like Christian nationalism, when they attack Christian nationalism, oh yeah, I know they say that there. they don't want Christian nationalism, right. but really they they, they seriously do. do want Christian nationalism yeah. because they believe in a society that doesn't think murder is okay. They mm. believe in a society that thinks stealing is wrong. Yes. They believe in a society where pedophilia is not okay. Yep. Except, you know, they're... A large they're, majority of them do, but... Yeah. yeah. They're changing the definition of that. Uh-huh. But they believe in a society that is based on biblical principles. Yes. Yes. Which that is... Christian, Christian nationalism. nationalism <laughs> yeah. At least in a small extent. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. Um... Yeah, so two quick quotes, and we'll wrap it up because we have one minute left. But yeah, thanks for making that point, Jake. That's that's really good. It's really good. Um, page 23, uh, and this is actually something along the lines of Raymond Simmons' Confessional County. This was really good. It was so good. I couldn't not include it. Andrew Torba said, Jeremiah 18.8 tells us that if a nation turns from, from evil... God will re relent of the disaster he plans to bring upon it. God blesses nations that are faithful and obedient and brings righteous judgment upon those who rebel and fall into sin, end quote. And then lastly, just to kind of wrap things up, we just talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene and some of those other people, and he talked about a few others, but it's important to keep in mind as Christians that we don't put our faith in politics. Politics is not the answer. That's not how we solve this. We don't solve this by electing good leaders. Um, pages 24 through 25, uh, Andrew Torba said, the type of reformational change needed to alter the course of America is, is not going to be accomplished by electing a handful of Christian members of Congress or a president. It's going to be accomplished by tens of millions of Christians refusing to participate in the wicked and corrupt system any longer. It will be accomplished by faithfully discipling our families, protecting the hearts and minds of our youth, and taking back the only form of government that really matters, the local one, end quote. And so we will leave you with that, unless Jake has one quick final thought he wants to add. We'll wrap things up. Okay. Nope. Cool. Nope. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, Jake, um, for your insights into this. And thank you all as the audience for watching us or listening to us today. We really appreciate it. Go to our show website, trdshow.net. Uh, check it out. Send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We want to hear if you are really sad that you couldn't make it to the conference this year. We also want to hear if you are going to be making it. Uh, because if you are, we will see you tomorrow at the conference in Knoxville, Tennessee. If you haven't purchased your tickets already, if, if they come on, if they come on Thursday, but yes. if you do not come on Thursday, then we shall see you Friday, Friday or Saturday. Cause I think or there's Saturday. a day pass yeah. now. It's only like it's only $99 yeah. for the day pass. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, go to flfnetwork.com. You can live stream that conference by becoming a club member. I would highly suggest you do that. You do not want to miss this conference. It's going to be so, so cool. We can't wait. Uh, and we are looking forward to seeing you again on our Friday episode where we discussed 
Christian education, why it's so vital with Nick Charlton. Uh, you do not want to miss this episode. And until then, we'll see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>